0: Hello and welcome to the first ever, the inaugural FPL Double Up podcast. I'm joined by FPL Heisenberg. Wes, how are things?
1: Yeah, good mate, how are you?
0: I'm great, I'm great. I'm very excited to get this going. My normal podcast sort of setup is where I talk to random people each week, but it'll be nice to build a bit of a relationship and a bit of back and forth with someone. Um, yeah, Absolutely. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So for people listening, this is a, an exclusively FPL podcast. You've heard lots of them in the past, I'm sure, but this one's going to be the best one that ever existed. I'm sure you'd agree with.
1: Yeah, absolutely, John. <laughs> uh, not to blow our own trumpets, but uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be amazing.
0: We hope so. We hope so. So yeah, I think that for people listening, our our sort of goal anyway is there'll be a, a Tuesday release every single week. Um, That might be subject to change based on European football, based on Monday night games, based on our own lives. But we will imagine it would be every Tuesday. We know consistency is key. We know that's what you look for. So while you're listening, make sure you hit the subscribe button or follow wherever you get your podcasts and you'll be kept up to date. You can also find us both on Twitter and at FPL Double Up for the podcast Twitter for all news around it. We'll also probably do live streams at some stage on YouTube. And we will be repurposing this content for YouTube if you prefer to listen over there. But yeah, Wes, is there anything you'd like to get across to the audience before we we get stuck in?
1: Uh, no, I think you've covered everything off. But yeah, I just want to say that you know every week we're hopefully going to be helping you guys out with you know your, your captains each week, your transfers, looking at the fixtures, taking questions from you guys on Twitter. We've already had um, a load of good ones in already for this week, which we're going to come on to sort of near the end of the pod, which I'm looking forward to. And yes, it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, I'm 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 very much looking forward to that myself. And something that we just need to, to mention before we get into it, which is actually exciting as well. From the word go, we're in partnership with Fanslide um, on this podcast. So basically, what Fanslide is is they're the world's first live-in-play fantasy football game. So you can play one-off games; it isn't a season-long thing. And basically. You're playing FPL live for one game. There's cash up for grabs. It's free to get, free to enter, free to play. But there's cash up for grabs. Wes, have you given it a go?
1: Yes, yes. It's a, it's a lot of fun. i played it a few times. But um, the, the story story that sticks out in my mind is Harry Maguire. I had him in my team for uh, when he scored against uh, your boys, against the Irish. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I was absolutely loving that. Uh, we are loving end, that until we well. gave you Covid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the only way you can stop us
0: <laughs> That's it yeah um, I, I give it, I've played it a couple of times um, My last night I got Belgium England I got that all wrong Well I had Belgium at the start but then I switched to England I should have just stuck with Belgium um, But yeah basically it, it's Just an in play FPL game Go and give it a go look them up wherever you get your apps uh, Fan slide And here it is, the first ever actual episode of the FPL Double Up podcast. So because it's the first episode, what me and Wes are going to do is we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves, why you should listen to our opinions on FPL, and yeah, just to give you a bit of a a picture about us before you listen. So Wes, do you want to let people know a bit about how you got into FPL and how it's went for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been into FPL for six, seven years, played fantasy games before then, like most people, like newspapers back in the day. Uh, the Sun Dream Team at uni back in like 2009, 2010 sort of time. Jeez, what age are you? I'm 30 years old, John.
0: Jeez. Yeah, fair play to you. I'm All a- right, sorry. I'm,
1: a- <laughs> I'm an old man of the game. I'm, a- I'm an old warhorse. Um, I'm 27 and I was nowhere near newspapers. I've
0: always been online. I'm a- Maybe I'm,
1: a- I'm an old man, John.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Wes.
1: That's fine, that's fine. So, uh, yeah, uh, and in terms of FPL had obviously the twitter for about 3 years now FBL Heisenberg and yeah I've had some pretty decent results in the last sort of 6 years of playing um all within the top 32k in that 6 years so good consistency and a top finish of 836th I think it was so yeah pretty pretty happy with that and uh, hoping to replicate that this year
0: Tell me this off the top of your head do you remember in the 800 circuit 800 finish Yeah did you like gain in the last week like what was your highest rank throughout that year like were you in the top 10 at one stage or were you in the top 100 or
1: i think from memory that was uh the highest i ever was was that week um it was kind of green arrows right up until the end it was an overall good season though because i even um I even saw some old tweets the other day after trying to find something else and I saw like when I was I was obviously bragging on Twitter about doing well throughout that season mm. <laughs> and um, yeah I think it, even at it sort of Christmas time I was top 2k so I was kind of there or thereabouts the whole time um, and I think yeah I remember trying to kick on I think I took maybe a couple of risks near the end to try and get I thought right I I've, I've smashed all my mates in my mini leagues and at that time that was I didn't really care about overall rank too much so I did take a few risks to try and gain um that really high rank but i ended up at 836th, which is is still pretty good but um yeah
0: yeah well i can't boast um an overall rank history like that when i actually look at mine now i'm kind of gutted that i didn't care about it more because now that i'm in this fpl space and caring about it it's like why when i started playing 10 years ago did i not care about my or yeah. read articles use data, I just kind of played it for many leagues with my mates and would yeah, take exactly. like 12-point hits for the crack and didn't care. I'd say, and it might sound kind of peculiar because it's like, okay, your highest finish just happens to be the one that you cared about, but last season, I think it's no secret a lot of listeners know that I come from kind of the fo- uh, football index and footstock space. Yeah, It was last season I started getting quite heavily into data and looking at players and a much more in-depth knowledge of European football as a whole, but in particular the, the Premier League. Mm. And it was the first season I really started listening to FPL podcasts and, you know, optimised Chips and and all sorts of yeah. things and looking at fixtures and form and the captaincy choices and and, and limiting hits. There's so many things that people yeah. are so used to who par- are probably listening to us. Whereas I started doing last year, I got the fifth. I think I got 53k or something. That's decent. Um, That's decent, decent top one yeah. percent. And what killed me was at Ings captain the week that he missed the penalty. There was like a 17 point swing between yeah. bonus points and all sorts. But that cost me like 20k. Oh, but, missed
1: penalties. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, but. I suppose the bottom line for everyone, yeah, that's my my sort of history, I've been around for about 10 years I could talk about this stuff all day I've been known to do it, I've been known to talk about it all day and yeah why not team me up with someone who knows what they're on about and let's see if we can get my OR higher than yours this season, Liz
1: Yeah, let's hope uh, we can have a little side bet on it maybe
0: yeah, it is at the minute. Anyway, I think I'm at about 550 and you're at about 750, 700.
1: Let's not talk about this year, John. Let's just focus on, <laughs> focus on previous seasons. Let's focus seasons. on history. Yeah. 800, 800, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, look, we'll see how that goes. Maybe we can uh, we, we can look at a, a bet for the podcast going forward. But moving on, I think that's enough about
1: us, unless there's anything you want to throw in. No, that's good. I think we've bored people enough with that.
0: So yeah Wes moving into the meat and bones of the podcast you could say what we'll be talking about every week. There's obviously going to be big talking points each week and the biggest talking point I'd say this week is Salah has Covid and it kind of ties in nicely with the importance of squad depth and it's something that's been talked about a lot this year with the risk of something like this happening now. Salah has COVID, he'll be out for at least one fixture, is he out for two, has that been confirmed?
1: Uh, I'm not sure yet, obviously it's going to be different protocols, and so the way I'm kind of looking at Salah in particular and, and everything is I'm just trying to wait for as much info as possible, so obviously we're recording this on Tuesday the 16th of November, as far as we know Salah's going to miss out this week, Uh Doherty news has just broken the last sort of hour of us, uh last sort of hour, that he's... Uh, obviously, got COVID. Some people have, have him and his team in their team. Sorry. Um, so yeah, overall, it's just sort of about waiting for as much info as possible because, like I said, we're not even sure how many games Salah will miss. What what are the restrictions in Egypt or wherever? Um, so waiting for as much possible info is the best sort of play there. Are you a Salah holder? Yeah, I've got Salah. Uh, I've got a few other issues with my team. So well i I've got I've got Robertson, who may or may not be injured. Obviously, there's a thing with Son. About get it, uh, the South Koreans had uh, multiple people testing positive there. I believe he's okay. But it's just so much uncertainty now. And with international breaks, players can come off with injuries like uh, Chilwell, which I know is a lot of people have either got him or was targeting him. Uh, he isn't someone I've got yet, but I was potentially looking, looking at looking for a defender to bring into my team. And, you know, if I'd have moved early to beat the Price Rises this week, I could be stuck with Chilwell, who would be injured, so uh like you like you alluded to earlier the squad depth is so important this year so uh, obviously a couple of weeks ago i had um roman says and crystal palaces mitchell both missed out i had five playing defenders going into the game week and then in one game week they both miss out so i had to rely on my bench and i got lambsy off my bench uh for a goal against spurs you know um mates of mine was lambasting me for being lucky but my response to that is i made my own luck there by instead of going you know ultra cheap on my defense someone not playing a 3.9 million defender i spent that little bit extra so i could have that security and you know i put myself in a position to get lucky essentially
0: mm. yeah i think the defense that's maybe another talking point but mine's been very sort of it's, it's the weirdest year for defenders for me i've had because i've had other fires to fight and it's mm. kind of sad from the start of the season but they're all in that kind of four and a half bracket. And a couple of them are solid, but they're very inconsistent because obviously we've been lacking clean sheets. Yeah. But moving back onto that kind of salad being out, would you be, obviously you're going to wait for more information, but let's say you're at the point where you want to make the change. Mm. Uh, who would you be bringing in? Now, I have Bruno. I've had Bruno for weeks. I basically had KDB for the first week or two. And I think when he got injured, I got rid of him for Bruno. And I've held him. So that paid off uh, just before the international break. But yeah. I suppose the two big contenders are are Bruno and KDB. There are others out there, are other options, but who would you be thinking?
1: So another option, yeah, so obviously both viable options. um, Bruno, KDB, both excellent assets, uh, both on penalties, both taking sort of free kicks, both sort of heavily involved in everything their teams do, probably their team's best player. Uh, and that creative attacking force. So, yeah, they're both great options. Uh, if you're looking, it depends on what you're looking to do, really. So, if you're looking to do two transfers and you want to free up some cash, something like Ziyech, uh, probably butchered the pronunciation there.
0: Well, thank you. I think you did it well. For
1: uh, for Chelsea, Ziyech is another good option. I think that saves you, what, around 4, 4.3 million-ish? Uh, maybe a little bit less than that, 4.1. Something like that. Uh, so, that frees up a lot of cash. So, if you have got, like, a, a budget defense like you've got, you can maybe look at, you know, reinvesting that money into the likes of Chilwell, you know, assuming he's actually fit, of course. Or, you know, maybe upgrade upgrading a striker or something like that. So, it depends what you want to do, really. If you want to stay at that sort of premium range. Also, the other option, obviously, we've spoke about squad depth. If you've got a decent sub this week, and say if Salah was your only problem, you might have three good players on your bench anyway. That you would actually, you know, quite happy to play them, but you can obviously squeeze them in. Why not start them? Uh, you know, I've got I've got Soychek. Currently, obviously, he's a cheap midfielder. He hasn't done that much this season, but he did get a goal uh, last game against Fulham. Uh, he was sat on my bench for that game, um, but uh, that just shows that he can he can pop up with a goal and get you like eight or nine points. And then if Salah, because it's COVID, it's not like a you know long term injury. We know that he's likely to miss one game, maybe two. He is expensive to carry on your bench, of course. Um, so it does depend on your squad, but if you have a decent bench, you could just hold Salah if you want him long-term, especially I think Liverpool's fixtures uh, get a bit easier in a couple of game weeks as well. Uh, so that's something to think about. If you want if you want Salah long-term, do you really want to be using a transfer on him now and then a transfer to bring him straight back in? And especially as he's gone up in price, if you've had him from the start of the season, you're going to lose out there because his selling price right now for us who had him from the start is 12.2, I believe, uh, but we'll have to buy him back at 12.4, so there's a lot of things to consider there.
0: Well, I've been kind of bold and going without Salah. I think I had him for that opening game week. I didn't captain him because I'm a chump. I think I captained the Bamiang. the same. That went. I'm pretty sure it went pretty bad anyway. And I haven't had him since just because I wanted Bruno and KDB. I just kind of had that before the season. Yeah. And maybe I'm a little bit rigid in my ways. Maybe I've got some biases from the likes of Football Index. But I just really wanted Bruno and I really wanted KDB on my team. Almost as season holders, but... Uh, yeah, Salah has has been in absolutely amazing form, and I'd be in a really tough position if I had him now. I, I don't know what I would do.
1: Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because there's definitely an argument between for sorry, like you've done, you've gone for Bruno, who's what one point five million cheaper in in terms of their starting price. Yeah. Um. Maybe the gaps, yeah, the gap seems a little bit higher now. So you've saved that money and probably got extra points by reinvesting that into other areas of your team. And since obviously Salah got a hat trick week one, uh. And after then, he's he's done well, obviously. Um, But since then, he's scored five goals and got one assist in in seven games. So it's not like, it's not unbelievable where you have to have him. He hasn't been, Mm. essentially, it's not like his first season at Liverpool where he obviously got an insane amount of goals and assists. What was it? Something like... 32 goals and 12 assists. Yeah, it
0: was like Cristiano Ronaldo-esque. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The numbers so he was putting up.
1: He's not putting up the... Since, if you take the hat-trick out of it in game week one, he isn't putting up those sort of numbers. And even on the assist front, he's not. He's only got the one assist as well. Uh, in terms of his underlying stats, he's still right up there. Him and Kane are both smashing it. But obviously, for you, you've gone without him and I don't think you've been punished that badly.
0: No, I haven't. And I mean thankfully that bruno i think it was a 17 point haul yeah. justifies a decision like that if bruno had a got a five pointer or something you'd be starting to look at yourself but yeah is there so like in terms of squad depth as a whole is there anything else we want to discuss here i'm in a kind of weird position and i don't know how many other people are in this position this is quite niche so we'll only give it maybe 30 seconds but i have martinez in goal like everyone does but my second keeper is nyland and I also have Grealish. Mm. So I've been wanting to transition to an Aston Villa defender, like concert or someone, and haven't been able to because I'm yeah. blocked by an injured second goalkeeper. But I don't want to waste the transfer
1: on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And likewise for me, I've got the two Southampton keepers. So obviously our tactic there was, you know, you get the playing goalkeeper. If they come down with COVID or a minor injury, you've still got a backup to come in and play. No sort of rotation uh, selection headaches each week. You just play your keeper. And McCarthy and Martinez have both started at four point five million. Both got a few clean sheets, maybe three or four each, something like that. And um, yeah, but in terms of and that's also blocked when I had Danny Ings. If I did want another Southampton player, not that I did necessarily, but if I wanted say the likes of War Prowse or Kyle Walker Peters, I couldn't do that either. Um, so yeah, for yourself, yeah.
0: It's a pretty. It's a. It's the first time it's happened. To me is the reason I bring yeah. it. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's very niche, but no, it's the it's, first time in my FPL life that I've had this. Issue. It's not
1: as niche as you think. I know a lot of people, obviously, I'm heavily involved in FPL and in WhatsApp groups with 50 people, like multiple WhatsApp groups. And people have had this issue where they've got both Villa keep, uh, keepers and they've got Grealish. And then all of a sudden they, they they see the Arsenal game. They see Watkins bagging a brace. They see Barkley playing out with skin. They see the defenders getting another clean sheet. And, you, you know, there's value there. There's Target who got an assist, I think, against Arsenal. And he's only like around 4.5 million. Um, so it is it's, the Aston Villa conundrum is definitely one on that other people are going to be faced with like you so I think if you're on a wild card you could potentially look at keeping Martinez but then going for a different backup and just risking it in terms of if Martinez did come down with COVID or whatever then you'd simply have to you know accept maybe not having a plane keeper so it's a slight risk well that's risk the there. issue here yeah.
0: the, the, the big issue here is that Nyland's injured anyway so it's like there's no benefit to having him there but do you want to burn yeah, four points get him out good
1: point Uh, that's a killer yeah jeez, I
0: just seen it actually sorry his his contract was terminated Nyland's I didn't realise that was the issue maybe he went in a transfer I didn't realise why he was gone I just thought he was injured I haven't really looked into him he's not someone I care particularly about but his contract was terminated a month ago
1: yeah so in that case you haven't got obviously a little bit different to my scenario where I have the plane backup uh, but like you said you don't have that plane backup now so yeah I think it is a fire that you'd need to put out because you wouldn't have a second plane goalkeeper um, I was thinking a lot of people have got this scenario, but they've got Jed Steer instead, who is the yeah. villain number two at the minute. But then, I, even with him, Tom Heaton's coming back from injury, so if you're in the boat of having maybe Nyland or Steer, maybe it is worth that minus four. Or if you're lucky enough to have you know a really a full playing squad with no other issues, um, then you could use the transfer to to sort that out. But generally speaking, I don't like the idea of using a transfer on your backup non-playing keeper. Um, I think you can live without the likes of, you know, you've got the Villa keeper and you've got Grealish. Do you really need another Villa defender? Probably not. Probably not. Um, mm. They've been a bit hit and miss Villa, obviously, this year. They've been they've improved a lot, but they've also let in, what was it, four goals against Southampton at home. Uh, so that would have been a fixture where you'd have possibly doubled up there and then both your keeper and your defender would have got, you know, close to zero or one points. So I think you can live without that, and there's obviously other strikers to choose apart from Watkins, and there's other midfielders apart from Barkley. So I wouldn't, I just, I'd let go of that dream of having the the Villa triple, up and um, yeah, and, and until you uh, have a chance to wild card or have a luxury of a free transfer going spare, that's uh, so how I'd play it. S-
0: sticking on that kind of Villa theme, just to transition into maybe a discussion about fixtures. I think yeah. on paper Villa have some of the best fixtures. I don't know how they they look on on fixture tickers and stuff, but just looking at this yeah. here on the FPL website, their next, what,
1: six fixtures, seven yeah, fixtures. It's all twos and threes, it's yeah. all greens and greys. Yeah, so absolutely. So yeah, Villa, Yeah, their fixtures are probably the pick of the bunch in terms of what you can get. You can get value from their players and they're coming into a good fixture when they've got Brighton at home, West Summer away. Is Jack Grealish must-have? No one for me is must-have, but he's getting as close to be as you can, especially for the price. Um, I like to reserve the term must-have for like, for seasons when like uh, Salah had that huge season so at the minute Grealish could you survive without Grealish with players of similar price like if you had Ziyech now over him could he score similar probably so that's why I wouldn't call him must-have but he is if I was wild carding I do already have Grealish uh, but if I was wild carding I'd be definitely having Grealish in and building around that yeah um but yeah like you said the fixtures for Villa just um Running through a few of those very quickly. Brighton at home, West Ham away, Newcastle home, Wolves away, Burnley home, West Brom away, then Palace at home. So what's that? Seven fixtures where they're not playing any of the traditional Big Six teams. They're playing a uh, newly promoted side in West Brom. So yeah, they're looking. that's looking very tasty and their form. Jack Grealish in terms of how he's playing for both club and country from a football perspective. Not just FPL, he's in kind of the form of his life. He looks... Nothing short of sensational, and he's now backing that up with goals and assists. So, yeah, really like Jack Grealish. Um, in terms of some other fixtures, I know a lot of us, including me, have doubled up on Son and Kane. Uh, a few people I know have even gone for the triple up with the likes of Reggio Uh so again, butchering the pronunciation.
0: This is this is going to be a run-on theme, yeah. where you butcher names, and I think I know how to say them and yeah. probably butcher them you, worse. I would go Reguillon, yeah, but I could be wrong. No, you
1: can correct me. You've obviously got a great knowledge of the European football scene, and you're a bit more cultured than, than, uh, than myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so some people have gone for the triple up there, and Spurs' fixtures are turning now in terms of they're playing some of the, what we'd consider traditionally, on paper, the harder fixtures. However... So they've got just to run through them for the the listeners who don't necessarily know. They've got Man City at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home in the next three. Then they go Crystal Palace away, but then it's Liverpool away. But from an attacking point of view, I always think Man City can be got at. They have improved this year defensively with the signing of Diaz. But I still, am I going into that game thinking Man City are going to get a clean sheet? No. Uh, If Tottenham score, who's likely to be involved? Son and Kane. Likewise, Chelsea away. They've improved massively. Um, defensively so yeah will it be hard for them to score there it will be but again I can see th- I can see Spurs scoring in every fixture because the defences this year haven't been up to it like I said Chelsea have improved massively there so that will be a tough game for them but then Arsenal at home you know people were waxing Liverpool about Arsenal's defence and then Jack Grealish with Watkins and Barkley just absolutely tore them a new arsehole uh, was all <laughs> over them could have scored more Grealish had one cleared off the line Leno saved an amazing shot from Grealish. Um, a goal to for side in the first half of the, of the Villa game. don't know if you saw that game where um, John McGinn, I think it was, absolutely smashed at home. But oh, i seen Barkley was in the line of sight, yeah. So my, my point about that is Arsenal could have conceded 6-6 six, six there quite easily against Villa. So are they going to be able to keep Son and Kane out? I'm not too sure. And then Palace away is an okay fixture. Liverpool away, their whole defence is pretty much crocked Joe Gomez long-term injury Van Dijk long-term injury Alexander Arnold's likely to oh actually that's a little way away he might be back but in terms of keeping clean sheets it's mainly your centre-backs in your defensive mids isn't it rather than the full-backs in my opinion anyway.
0: Particularly in Liverpool when they're so attacking yeah. and Trent is not known for his
1: defensive yeah. ability. Trent like... and Robbo fly forward so if they did that Tottenham could expose them with the counter-attack like they've done so many times this season. Liverpool's high line, Son in behind with his pace, Kane dropping into number 10, threading balls through because Kane's passing ability is just sensational and Son's just a lethal finisher, pacey. So my point I'm trying to raise there is like yes, you look at those fixtures and they look horrible. I wouldn't like any of Spurs' defenders um, but do I think Son and Kane can still keep scoring? Yes, I do. For my personal team, will I look to move one of them on? <sighs> Although I've just said all that, I possibly might just for in terms of freeing up some funds. So, you know, Son to could might free up a million or or whatever. Well,
0: this this brings out and I know I'm kind of in here, Wes, but this is exactly no, the boat I'm in, and I think a lot of managers are in. Mm. I have Kane, I have Son. Yeah. The fixtures look grim. I, whenever you break them down like that and actually look at the fixtures, I think there's a there's a real case be had for, for keeping at least one of these guys Yeah, when a lot of people are like get out of Spurs the, the fixtures are terrible Yeah, not but me. like Harry Kane on penalties in arguably the most free scoring team in the league I haven't looked at the results to back that up maybe I'm wrong but do you know there is a real case to keep one of them. I would be more inclined to keep Kane. I think with the penalties, albeit he's one point six million more expensive. At least yeah. that's the value that's shown in my team. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what he is in the market.
1: Penalties this season. Yeah, absolutely. And sorry, but and yeah, but just want to say penalties this season. Obviously, huge. We all know about VAR giving a shitload of penalties. We've got um, in terms of every week. I I look and do my research, obviously for for the content I produce elsewhere. And I'm just seeing every week it's it's Kane and Salah. If you look over the course of the season, those two are, you know, all the metrics, sort of shots on target, shots in the box, XG, expected assists. Kane is, like, top for expected assists. He's ahead of the likes of De Bruyne, who, OK, has missed some games. He's ahead of all these brilliant midfielders who we associate with creating chances. He's right up there, Kane, for for creating chances. Add on to that, obviously, his goal threat. We know how good he, he can score. one One shot, one goal, Kane can be. Sorry, one one decent chance, one goal, or even long ranges, tap-ins, headers. Kane can do absolutely everything on the football pitch. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'd, i I'd not scared of Kane in terms of fixtures. Um, Son, his numbers haven't been as good. He's been more clinical. So, especially at the start, like that Southampton game, I think he scored from every shot. And his percentage of... Uh, one stage of the season, he'd, he'd taken 14 shots and scored eight goals, which is insanely high. So... If you're a kind of stats guy, you'd kind of say that um, Son's numbers are unsustainable. I kind of think that his numbers are slightly higher because of how his high quality of finishing. Uh, it's
0: like Jamie Vardy. He defies XG. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Jamie Vardy's another one that he... Forget XG with him. Just know that he's he's a proven goal scorer. Give him a chance. And as long as Lester are creating some chances and he's getting the penalties, um, he'll get the goals. I brought him in this week. He missed a penalty for me. As did Luckman. Uh, I really just want to moan about that right now because <sighs> about, one. about ten days on or however long it is, I'm still hurting. Luckman one especially. I've been banging on about him on Twitter. Luckman, you just have to get over it. I don't know if I can. I'm trying. Did you see? What, did you see what
0: I did there? I did. Oh, it was really poor, and I know it's been done everywhere else. I just had to do it. ugh disgusted at myself. Anyway, we'll move on fastly from that I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Um but bottom line is from after chatting about that kind of squad depth and this and that and I've got two basically my situation is I have two free transfers of point two in the bank. Yeah. I'm thinking there's no nothing majorly wrong. Um I'm not gonna bore you with my team but I'm gonna play it by ear on the chill well front. Yeah. But what could be happening this week for me is just going maybe go Sundazy ZH bank some cash And keep a transfer and roll it a week. Because a big thing I'm doing this season, and it goes back to that squad depth front, another way you can kind of protect yourself is always having those transfers available. So unless it's absolutely necessary to make transfers, I'm I'm really being strict with myself this year in waiting until the deadline because you never know when someone's going to get COVID. And I'm also trying to bank transfers if I think it's even remotely viable to do
1: so. That is an excellent strategy. Banking transfers is something that I can't speak highly enough of. Obviously there's caveats to that. If your team's a complete shithole, then obviously you need to sort it out. However
0: if you're not getting eleven starting players, you have to, like, yeah. but I mean if you know yeah. that you're gonna have eleven starters or maybe then there's even a case to make sure you have one backup. Yeah, but... one
1: backup, eleven starters and you're looking good. So for example, with my team, uh so so far this season I've only taken one hit. I've only moved early for transfers on one occasion as well. Most, like you, have been waiting to the deadline. been quite uh, precious with my transfers. And because uh, I was going to hopefully save my transfer this week, but sorry, the week just gone, but Ing's got injured. However, talking more generally, saving a transfer when you can is excellent. Um, and even having a bit of money in the bank is also handy. Uh, but yeah, like you say, you can protect yourself there. If you get a couple of international break injuries, John, you've sat there with two free transfers. You can make three transfers, maybe, completely transform your team, only to cost a minus four. And you're absolutely laughing. So, yeah, that's a really strong strategy and one I can't speak highly enough of, to be honest.
0: And I think if people even... Because in other seasons, there's always that debate about rolling transfers and taking hits. And I remember I talked about this in a stream before and someone was saying I took ni- minus 96 in hits and it was my highest ever finish. Yeah. There is a point for it, but I think this season of all seasons on the transfer front, they're like gold because Salah can happen,
1: do you know, yeah, and that's yeah. exactly why they're gold. And exactly why um, waiting, waiting this year. If you want, to, if you're an aggressive manager, again, that can work. It's not a style I've used too often by being super aggressive. But like you said, there's plenty of managers out there who are super aggressive, taking minus four virtually every week, and they climb the ranks and do well. And absolutely, it's a viable strategy. But if you're going to do that, I, I still can't stress enough waiting close to the deadline if you can because this season like you said especially we've got the COVID factor we've got all the training ground injuries that can normally happen or the Champions League injuries or the international break injuries but we've also got COVID which can mean you don't even have to have COVID to uh, be forced to self-isolate or whatever so yeah saving those transfers till nearer the deadline is key and rolling a tr- if, your, if your team's in good shape don't make a transfer for the sake of it roll that transfer over two free transfers it's going to be beneficial in. Uh, one, I'd say that in any season, but this season especially.
0: Absolutely. Well, Wes, I think we're ready to move on to some questions, unless there's anything else you to wanted this. to discuss.
1: No, no, I'm looking forward to the questions. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, look, just to our listeners before we do so, this is our first week of the podcast. People at home mightn't realize how just how important the reviews are. If you happen to be listening on Apple, if you're listening on something else, but your your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mum, your dad, your dog has an Apple iPhone. Get on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you can make it five star, even better. Um, And yeah, make sure you leave your Twitter handle or Facebook name or somewhere we can find you because in the future we will be running review-based competitions. So if you stick it in now, you'll be eligible for them all and it'll help us climb some rankings. Um, So yeah, the reviews are huge and make sure you hit the subscribe button. Now there's the self-plugging out of the way. Um, On to some questions. So first up... Is from Francisco Bordalo. He says, If you only have 10 men available, should he hit or f- should should I hit or FH? So, should I hit? Oh, should he take a minus four or? Yeah, so what he means there is
1: should he take a, a transfer hit and take a minus four to get up to 11 men or should he use the free hit chip? So I'll take this one if you want, John.
0: Work away, yeah. Yeah,
1: so for this one, um, if you've got 10 men available, I would take a minus four hit to get up to 11 players. Uh, I wouldn't use a free hit chip because that's a powerful tool later on in the season when there's double game weeks or blank game weeks. Uh, So just save that chip, wait for the doubles and the blanks that are going to occur later on in the season. But if you've only got 10 men, then a minus 4 hit is, as long as they get appearance points, it's only really a minus 2. And on top of that, you've got the upside of that player could get a goal and assist and get 13 points and therefore you'd be up 9 points on your hit already and you've also sorted your team out for the long term, especially if you're taking out the likes of, you know, a Danny Ings who's got a longer-term injury or something. you have actually sorting out your team and you're up on the points. Whereas
0: that's it, a really... Sorry, Wes, there a off. small delay there and I bought it in. That's fine. It's a really important thing that I maybe hadn't considered Um, stupidly, and it's probably just me. It's that if he's not playing and you know he's not playing and you've only got 10 mm. men, it is only a minus two hit if you pick someone who gets 90 minutes yeah. or 61 minutes or whatever. So... Yeah, it's only a minus two hit if you yeah. pick the right place. Uh, like yeah,
1: way. absolutely. So it's only minus two if they blank. But if you don't bring anyone in, you know that that slot in your team is going to come up with a zero. A hundred percent it's gonna come up with a zero. But if you bring someone in, you've got the chance of them getting it's it's endless what they can get. If you, you can have a crazy week like we saw with Son and Kane earlier in the season where they bag a twenty two point or whatever it was. Um obviously those sort of situations are rare, but what I'm getting at, you bring someone in for a a four-point hit, they play the 60 minutes, that's two points, all they need to get is if they're a defender, just a clean sheet in the game, you're up on the points. If they're a midfielder, um, just an assist, or same with a striker, just one, one contribution, which is doable, uh, you break even or even make points. So yeah, I for, for, for Francisco's question, I would take a minus four hit, I'd save my free hit, and I'd get 11 men available.
0: Yeah, no I completely agree. FPL TFL Octavian has asked: Shall we keep Salah or move on to KDB Bruno? We kind of covered this, but is there anything you want to throw in? Or, I don't actually know if we really covered this—the crux of the matter. Uh,
1: so, shall we keep Salah or move on to KDB Bruno? So the usual caveats apply. It does a—it does depend on your squad, like I mentioned earlier. Blah blah blah. If you have players on the bench who are going to come in, then it's different. However, taking this question in isolation. Uh, it's, it's definitely a viable strategy but I would just say to that think about who you want long term if you want Salah for the next 6-10 to 10 game weeks try and keep him and use a bench player if you want the likes of KDB or Bruno longer term for the next 6-7 game weeks and they do have good fixtures and obviously they're premium players on penalties and we know what those guys can do then yeah, absolutely go for it I wouldn't be scared to go without Salah these days like I alluded to earlier he's not putting up the sort of figures he did in his first season he's still a great asset but KDB and Bruno, they're both cheaper. They're both good options. Could they outscore Salah? Absolutely. It could backfire. And obviously there's the fear factor of a lot of people owning Salah and captaining him every week. So you've got to be quite a strong, quite a strong player to do that. But yes, yeah, an absolutely viable strategy. Just think about which of those three you want longer term. And it's also you to, to move off Salah is using up a transfer. So um, if you already have him, it's sort of more weighted towards holding him because then you can use your transfers on other areas of your squad, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think Bruno is blown quite hot and cold. Yeah, I think KDB and City haven't been firing, but I think a lot of that's down to KDB being injured because he's such an elite player. For me, um, and this is an opinion just for, for people listening, so you know where I stand, I do think KDB is the best attacking midfielder in the world. And when he's fit and firing... He can he can get you goal contributions in every single game. Yeah. He can get points from everywhere. He's on set pieces. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Yeah. And I just think even his reintroduction to that City team could see an uptick in their goal output. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you're also saving money on both of them compared to Salah. So if I was to switch to one, I had to pick one. Now, saying this as a Bruno holder and not a KDB holder, um, I would probably actually go for KDB. Um, I haven't checked. I assume he's still fit after that Belgian game. I haven't checked, but um, but again, it yeah, all depends it on your squad depth yeah. and, and everything else. Because Salah is a great player, all the same. And if if it is only a week, and you can keep the, the transfer, it might be worth doing that. So again, this is one of those questions that trying to answer answer it in isolation is so tough because of all the extra factors.
1: Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, take our our answer there in and apply it to the caveats of your own team there if you can. But yeah, like, like you were saying, John, actually it's really interesting that if I was picking a f- football team, not an FPL team, and I could pick any players like from the Premier League, I'd pick, I'd get in like Kane, KDB, Bruno, before I'd get in the likes of Salah. Salah's an amazing player for fantasy, you, you know, selfish player who gets goals and he does create chances to be fair. But in terms of ability, I just think for me, KDB and Kane are higher. However, I will, um, caveat that with saying that that essentially doesn't matter for FPL it's whoever if you've got a player who's scoring 30 tappings a season that's better than someone who scores you know 20 long ranges and and runs the game the likes of KDB and uh yeah can sometimes if Pep deploys him in a sort of deeper role he can sometimes you know take the play be man of the match but then not get get you the FPL points so it's just one to watch out for just make sure Pep is playing in in more of that sort of number 10 rather than that deep line role that he's, he has taken in maybe maybe that's back in the past to be fair but it's just one to one to watch make sure your players are playing in those attacking positions and getting the FPL points
0: Wes we might have our first in joke Go on. I'm going to see how this goes we might have our first in joke have you got the questions in front of you? yeah have you got the next one after Octavian? yeah I'm gonna make you try the name, and <laughs> I'm gonna give it my go, and then he can let us know who was correct.
1: Uh, oh, I was. Uh, oh, Jesus. Okay, so it's from Timiotius Timowski. Uh, okay,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Timoteus. Timoteus is what I'm gonna go with. Timoteus Timowski. Yeah, that's um, so. Fun. Timoteus, if that's your name, you can let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, let us know who got it right. If not, spell it out phonetically, let us know. But his question is, who's a better option to keep for the long term, Kane or Son, or keep them both? Again, we kind of referenced this because it's a big yeah. talking point of the week. For me, if I had to pick one, personally, I'm picking Kean Depends if you need to redistribute that one and a half million or so elsewhere in your team. But I think Kean for me, is the pick. But yeah. again, Son gets that extra point for each goal and Kean has been playing a, like a lot more of the, that kind of Deeper. false nine dropping deeper yeah. and, and feeding Sun in so I, I can see the credentials for both i just think there's so there's a wealth of of cheap midfield options that you could replace Sun with like yeah. the and zh i don't know if there's any one performing in the the forward sort of bracket anywhere close to key at the minute so that that would be my logic what do yeah.
1: you think yeah I, I won't go on too much about this one because like i said we spoke about it earlier in the pod and i'd virtually echo everything you said there uh the only part i disagree with you on there is there is like you said, there's cheaper midfielders than Sun doing the business as well, but there's also the, there's quite a lot of striker options this year in the likes of Watkins, uh, Calvert-Lewin, uh, Ings when he's fit, which might not be too much longer. Um, Jimenez could come out to form. He's not really doing it at the moment. Um, there's loads, I forgot. Jamie Vardy. Um, so there are striker options. However, on on the whole, what you said is I pretty much echo that, yeah.
0: Mm. I was, I was going to try and come back and even counter-counter you, but I'm looking at it there. The only thing I'd say is that Kane has 80 points so far. The next best striker is 59. Yeah. No, no. Like yeah. Son is 74 and Salah's in 67, but it's a different thing altogether. Yeah. No, I do get what you're saying. There's, there's definitely options kinda...
1: There's definitely options in midfield um, that, like you said, so I do agree with everything you said, but I just do think that you could easily put three oh. good strikers in without Kane.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think I'm actually going completely back on what I said because I think I've really overlooked the likes of Bamford, Wilson, Watkins. Yeah, exactly. Even Adams is getting some goals. Yeah, exactly. So there's so, a lot of guys there who are very cheap. Yeah, most
1: season- in seasons gone by, it's felt like we haven't really had that sort of last season, especially that sort of six to six million uh, sort of price range for forwards. The sort of cheaper forwards has been a real dearth of them. But right now there's a few doing the business. However, over the longer term... You can see the likes of Banford regressing. You can see the likes of Callum Wilson because of how Newcastle don't create that many chances. So he could regress. Whereas Kane, um, I do think, is going to be a good pick all season. So, yeah, I think we kind of agree with each other on the whole there. But there are just some sort of caveats to look at.
0: Do you know who I used to love speaking of cheap Forwards?
1: Mechu. do you remember him? Yeah, he was. He's an old school FPL pick. He's a big, uh, big fan favorite. Mechu. I liked uh, Charlie Austin a few years ago in his yes, QPR days. Yeah,
0: yeah. I always. I, I remember I used to have Zamora as well back in the day, but he was a bit he was more like, hot and cold.
1: He was like four. Uh, well, yeah. At one stage, he was like a four point five million. So if you were going for like a three five two, I think when he was at QPR, maybe you're talking a bit further back. But yeah, QPR. I think he was a four point five that you could kind of have if you were looking to spread your funds, kind of like this year's Brewster
0: hmm yeah well look we'll move on to the next the next question we have it's from baron would you consider a free hit this week i think again that one's very there's there's a lot more to that question than meets the eye yeah
1: it's uh, it's all it's very very hard to answer because it's very squad dependent so i'd say if you can only field seven or eight players without so say you've used your free transfer already and you've only got seven or eight players so therefore, to get a full eight play, uh, eleven players, you'd need to take either a minus twelve or a minus sixteen. Then I'd free hit. You've also got, to think, is so. Say the players in your squad, if they're if the if the if the ones who are missing out or any short term ones, the likes of Salah, uh, and you know the people with COVID or Chilwell. Say if Chilwell's a minor injury and Andrew Robertson might be a minor injury. If you want all these players longer term, then a free hit's good because you can obviously change the team for one week. And then the following week, the squad that you actually want bounces back in rather than taking, say, a minus 12, getting rid of the likes of Salah, Chilwell, etc. Those boys come back and you think, oh, shit, I actually want these boys in my team. Uh, I need to transfer them back in. So, yeah, does that answer it?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. It's it's one of those. If you've no wild card and you've only six players available, you kind of have to take the hit. Yeah. Um, take a free hit because you're not going to take a 16, 20 point hit, are you? No. There's there's kind of a balancing act there. Do you take a minus eight? You probably do. Do you take a minus twelve? A minus,
1: minus eight And again, game? Yeah. If you've got like nine players playing. Depends play on the
0: him. nature of those injuries, as you say. Yeah. If it's a two week job, great. If it's if it's a six week Danny Ings sort of thing or however long he's going to be. Yeah. You need to consider it a bit more strongly, but.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Jamie Barr, do you think there's any chance of a second wildcard being allowed, or a period of unlimited free transfers if there's an extended break uh, or, or massive COVID cases? So sort of a, akin to the end of last season.
1: Yeah, so it's a chaos. So obviously last season there was the first lockdown in the UK, which saw you know Premier League didn't play for what March to June roughly. So and at that point FPL did allow unlimited free transfers when they relaunched the game. Uh, so if a period like that happens again, it will. But I can't see the Premier League being suspended again, personally. I think there's kind of good protocols in place to get the games playing without fans and a lot of testing. If there's a lot of players who go down with COVID, I don't think FPL are going to add in, you know, because uh, there's a load of mass COVID, so they're going to do anything about it. Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but it, essentially, I won't worry too much about that question. If it happens, it happens. It's going to be the same for everyone and, and we can... You know, judge it accordingly, but I wouldn't be expecting that too now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be strategizing around it in terms of keeping wild cards or using wild cards that I thought of an extra wild card. or I'd just play the game yeah, yeah. as if football's going to keep happening because I think the way it is now, yeah. there's just so much on the line financially. And even I think even the likes of the government recognize the importance of the likes of football as an outlet for people who are cooped up in their houses. Yeah. Do you know, so I think they'd almost really try their hardest to keep stuff like that going, like the likes of the Masters the amount of an outlet that was for people mentally for the last four or five days before we record this. I think sport's a really great place for people and a way for people to switch off and, and be entertained. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a celeb's not going to cut it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think they're going keep, <laughs> to keep going with it. And also, I think, kind of loosely based on that question, but the way to sort of plan for this, so sort of in previous seasons, I might have had two 4.0 million defenders. I might have had... A really cheap midfielder who doesn't really get much, but this year I've kind of just upgraded those slots slightly. So I've gone for a Soy check rather than a 4.5 midfielder, so I've spent 0.5 more there. I've gone for an extra defender, the likes of Lamptey, like I said earlier, 4.5 that he started at, over the likes of a 4.0. So I've probably spent about a million more than I usually would on my bench, but it just means my bench is a bit stronger. I can cope a little bit more with COVID than than I would have been sort of using my previous tactics.
0: Yeah, very good. Well look, we'll move on to our final question. Um from it's either Cherry or Kerry Dovey. Um is three three two a system likely to get me big points? In international breaks doing wonders for my squad choices. <laughs> so
1: that's a classic yeah, Kerry question that.
0: Uh, someone's having a heartbreaker here.
1: Yeah, so again, yeah. I mean Yeah, you could actually get some sometimes there are cases where uh players play with you don't even have a full full squad out, and the, the players you do have hit it well. Obviously, it's a bit of tug and cheek from from Kerry, that one. Um, but yeah, I'd say, if I kind of touched on, we've kind of touched this earlier, we? if you've got 3-3-2 three, three, would be 8 players, and a goalkeeper 9 players, I'd probably take a minus 8 in that scenario, get 11 players, playing, and then out of the minus 8, there's 2 players you bring in, if one of them blanks, and the, one of them gets a goal, you've already broken even. Or... If one of them gets a clean sheet and the other one blanks, sorry, like a defender gets a clean sheet and the other one blanks, again, you've broken even at least. So it's kind of weighted in your favor to take the minus fours in that, minus eight, sorry, in that scenario. Uh, one other question did come through that I didn't actually send you, John. I just want to touch upon that. Um, it's from uh, FPL Vobinho. Again, it's a, a guy I know quite well, Arwin Vobe. Again, I'm probably butchering your name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he says, is it worth investing big on City to attack fixtures, even though their form hasn't been that explosive? So, yeah, that's a really good question. So, you always think of Man City as a team, you know, they've been blitzing teams for scoring a lot of goals for, what, the previous two, three seasons under Pep? So, you kind of always think Man City attacking us, they're like going to, Man City going to score five or six, in you know, against the smaller teams every game, it used to feel like. But obviously, this season, they've been getting, like, you know, a 1-0 win away at Sheffield United and they was actually kind of, watching the last few minutes of that, they were kind of content with that. Um, so there, and the numbers back that up as well, they're sort of, you compare previous seasons to this season, their attacking numbers aren't as good. But like you alluded to earlier, KDB has either been not at his best, he's been kind of tired. Um, I know he said he was exhausted and he was tired during the international break, the previous international break. So with him, if he returns to the top form, they get the likes of, Agüero back and some other attacking options that they've been missing, and they could then become that explosive um, force again. And then you could, if you do that, you could be ahead of the curve. You've got your your city attackers in your team already, whilst everyone else will be, you know, taking minus hits to get them in.
0: Well, I'd be tempted to go take out my Werner, take out my son, pick a budget striker, and stick in KDB. I'm I'm very tempted to do that.
1: Yeah, that's an option. Um,
0: Because I really do back City with with KDB playing now I don't know how much game time he got for Belgium I, I I really wasn't following international football Ireland were put out of the Euros and I just don't care so I'm just not watching it it's yeah. something that I've completely missed but I think I would be surprised if if City don't come back to some sort of form of them there because they'll be literally back to the same team do you know obviously Aguero's out but he's always out yeah, Ferran Torres has been playing well up there when Jesus isn't in. Yeah, and Jesus uh, is done well on one side. Yeah, with with Mahrez, who's one of these players who can score you twenty points, but he more than likely score you one most weeks. Yeah, um, phone. They've just got so much talent there. Cancelo's looking really creative at the back. He's also an option who A lot of people. Yeah, he's a great option for the defense. Um, but I, I do i do back city i'm going i'm going to put this down here i i really back city and you can laugh at me in a few weeks if they haven't had a 4-0 yeah. but i really i think they're going to
1: absolutely come especially back. the the type of manager pep guardiola is the type of players he's got at his disposal once you know like you said kdb's back etc i mean they're not going to go for a, i can't see the whole season going on where they're the kind of 1-0 team 1-all team or maybe the odd 2-0 or something like that and I just can't see it where their attacking numbers don't get back to where they were and therefore the goals start flowing. You see the Sterlings getting, you know, those sick passing moves that they do that ends up with Sterling just tapping it in. Passes across the goal for easy goals. KDB scoring from, you know, the edge of the box. Um, Goals from corners from the defenders from KDB crosses. So yeah, I think City will return, but I wouldn't personally just because I'm quite a cautious manager I'm not going to sort of you know just pump two city attacking players in when there are other options who are doing well I'll probably just you know I want to see them I want actually they need to prove it to me that they are actually returning to that and then I'll jump then I'll mm. act
0: quick Yeah that that's fair I think wait and see um I wouldn't be taking hits to get them in but I might because I've got free transfers maybe but it's probably better for me to hold on to those to be honest with you but I think another side of it is they'll probably smell blood now you know Liverpool have been you know, injuries everywhere, yeah. Salah's out now. Maybe they want to just stick the foot in the throat. Maybe this will G them on and they'll, you know, come to the four now and start actually playing because the the league is well within their, their grasp. Yeah. Um with Liverpool with just Riddled. Um so we'll see how that pans out. But Wes, I think that's about it for this week, unless there's anything else you want to cover.
1: No, that was it. That was a lot of fun John, I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I hope people, people listen and enjoy Just to reiterate, if you did, do us a favour. Let us know on Twitter. Make sure you yeah. follow at FPL Double Up because, do you know, get your questions in for next week's episode. We're going to try and stick to Tuesdays. Uh, you'll see us tweet about it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a review. And other than that, the last thing they need to do or, or what we'd like them to do, what we think would be good for them is to check out Fanslide. Um, go and give it a download. Do you know... We mentioned it at the start. If you're wondering what it's about, download the app wherever you get your apps and give it a go. Um, I think they've got the England game coming up on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, England versus Iceland on Wednesday. They've got, yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, so go and give that a go and, and let us know what you think about Fanslate. Wes, I'll talk to you next week. Pleasure. See you later.